John, have you ever been to L.A.? I have not. I have never been. Uh, it, it's an interesting place. I, I took my family there a couple of years ago, and we spent one day like walking around Hollywood. And if you walk up the Sunset Strip to the famous Gromage Chinese Theater, you will be bombarded by various kinds of people. There are three kinds of people that hang out around Chinese Theater. One, people who want to give you a tour of star homes in their van. Two, <laughs> sorry, do not take that tour. <laughs> no. Get in my white van. That, that's right. Hey guys, want to get my? I'll charge you fifty dollars to allow me to kidnap you. Yes. And uh, and the, the second is you've got people who have made a demo CD and they want you to buy it from them for five dollars. Oh, okay. Mostly rap artists. And the third are people who dress up as famous, iconic movie characters, primarily superheroes, but also like characters from Star Wars or. Uh, you'll you'll have you know various cartoon kind of characters, and they want to take your picture. But then after you take their picture, after you take a picture with them, they they have like this very insistent "we work for tips" kind of thing. Yeah. And so basically, the way to walk past the, the theater is to keep your head straight forward and not make eye contact with anybody. And so you can't look at any of the stars or any of the footprints or any of the handprints. Well, you can like that. because that's all like up. Technically on the property. Oh, okay. Well, they're all on the sidewalk. There's a fine line between sidewalk and property, and so if you get up into the property, you, you're like in a safe. It's like it's like it's like the free zone. <laughs> yeah. And and so, but then if you want to keep Base. walking, if you yeah, but if you want to like look down, look at all the stars on the strip itself. Yeah, you need to just be aware that there are people all over the place trying to get you to do something. Trying basically trying to get you to give them money in one form or another. Right. And I didn't spend any time at all paying attention to these guys dressed dressed up. Because my thinking was, these are just con artists looking for for money who don't have like any sort of other ambition to get a real job. And what I the what we, what I learned in watching the documentary that we're about to discuss is that I was incredibly wrong. And I want to go back to L.A. now and go back and re-interact with this group of people. Because, <laughs> re-take pictures with them? Yeah, well, I didn't take pictures with them because I knew that they were trying to scam me. But now I want to just to be, just to do like a kindness. Just take a hundred bucks and just start giving out one. Just here, Superman. Just yeah. <laughs> but, um, so all that to say, you were listening to The Real Movies Podcast. I'm Rob Carmack. I'm sitting here with John Rose. How's everybody out there? To, this is a podcast where we talk about a documentary. Every week we watch a documentary, we talk about that documentary, we rate the documentary. Today's documentary is 2007's Confessions of a Superhero. Hello, citizens. Welcome. I'm doing quite super. Uh, some of my dirty. Just remember, superheroes don't smoke. Some of the costumes are ridiculous. Come on in. Oh, we do work on tips, okay? They're panhandling. They take pictures with tourists for money. You better get ready to catch the free fall. Oh my God! First came out here, it was I had no intentions of becoming an actor, so it just kind of came to place. At least I'm doing what makes me happy. So, you know, I'm out here seriously trying to make a name for myself. What am I trying to achieve? I want to become a leading actor. I just sold my Super Nintendo, got me a Greyhound bus ticket, and headed out here. Max has one insane temper. I have um, slapped a few men around. He will choke a woman if she doesn't tip him. Still ask God for forgiveness for this, some of the things that I've done in my life. This movie was one of those that kept popping up on the you should watch this, you should watch this in my Netflix queue a few years ago, and so I watched it, and I, I loved it. I mean... <laughs> I really am into kind of what makes people tick, and 
man, this is there's so much to dissect in these guys. Oh, very much so. And and we should say, if you haven't watched the documentary, what we just described earlier with the, the people standing on the street corner, this is a documentary following four different people who go out every single day and stand on, in front of the Chinese theater, dressed up, respectively, as Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and the Incredible Hulk. And this is what they're doing right now. Yeah. And so the question is... Are they interesting, and what makes them interesting? And that's the subject matter of this entire documentary. And holy smokes, I loved it too. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so much because I I, I would say that two of the four are doing this as a way to kind of make a living between trying to act. They're trying to break into show business. Yes, they're and trying to break into show business. The, the two younger ones are – they see this as a way – for them to make a little money and then still have a flexible schedule in which they can go to, you know, auditions and they can do their thing. Uh, and then I think the two older ones, Superman, have, and Batman. Superman and Batman, have almost identity crisis. Yeah, I think you're right. And and the what you just said, I think, is, is right on, is they're trying to break into show business. And a lot of people who move to L.A., to break into show business, they get a job uh, tr- traditionally as waiters and waitresses. And this is apparently this is a really good alternative to that. And it's very similar. You're working for tips. You're interac- you're interacting mostly with tourists, and your 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 schedule is somewhat flexible. Right. Probably more so here than right. nobody than, fires you for not showing up at Grommet's Chinese Theater and asking for tips. Yeah, it's it's more of like a social Darwinism thing. You get fired by no one wanting to take a picture exactly. with you. Exactly. Or being arrested, I suppose. Right. Which yeah. does happen to one of our characters yeah. in this movie. And well, so, but it but happens to more I mean, because we we they highlight these four, but yeah. there are over seventy characters right there along that street. It's it is congested. I will tell I like having walked up and down that street, it is straight up congested with people who are desperate for you to give them money in some way or another. And mo- mostly people who are dressed up. Yeah, that's I mean, you know, and and when they go through the list of uh basically, I would say that Christopher Dennis is kind of the main focus. He is Superman, which Yeah, say. he is Superman. Christopher Dennis is Superman. And he gets more kind of airtime than any of the others. Well, maybe, you know what, maybe this is a good way to sort of dissect this film, is to hit each character individually. Because there's really no, like, overall talking point. Maybe the easiest way to deal with this is, let's talk about Superman and then we'll move on. Okay. So, keep, keep All going. Right. All right, Christopher so, Dennis. But Christopher Dennis does break down, like, how many people are there. And he says, you know, there's, there's six Spider-Men and... There's four Marilyn Monroe's, and there's, you know, it. He is, I, I think he may be the only Superman. I think there was another Superman. Oh, there was. Yeah. It just, it just seems interesting to me that I wonder if there is any tension between some new guy that comes and shows up and is now, you know, there's already three Elvises. Oh, well, here's another Elvis. So if people are going to take a picture, they're only going to take it with one Elvis, and now you've cut, you know. You've cut me out of this. Yeah. Right? But um, there there was only one, um, what was it, Hellraiser, right? The guy yeah. with the spikes throw out his head, right? And so that guy's kind of, yeah, that guy's kind of <laughs> got a, um, 
a unique character. He's got a niche. Yeah. is what he's got. He does. And if you want to scare your child as you're taking a picture. With that would. Kid. If I tell you what, if you were walking down the street with your two kids and Hellraiser oh came up to you, gosh. your kids would pee their pants. <laughs> my kids would pee their pants <laughs> if anybody in costume comes up to them. Much less like my kids hate. Costume characters. When we go to Six Flags, when we go to anywhere, Chuck E. Cheese. You know, when I was a kid, I hated them too. My kids hate costume characters. They can't stand them. They freak out and they yell. They don't want anything to do with them. And so. Well, then Sunset Boulevard is a living nightmare yeah, for your children. Exactly. I mean, I can't imagine if Ghost Rider were to walk up and, you know, skull and everything and be like want to take a picture kid ghost rider that's the one i was trying to think because you were you were talking about like the different the the older and the younger christopher dennis almost takes the role of mentor yes to the newer and, and they show us they show us how he sort of shows the guy dressed as ghost rider the ropes He's like you can't smoke while you're in character you won't see me smoking a superman because superman doesn't smoke yes he he is out there and he's teaching like these young it's it's almost like a movie like a cop movie where you've got the old vet it's like morgan freeman training brad pitt how to be a detective you yes. know what i mean and so he's like you don't want to do this and you got to do this you got to know how to interact with people you don't want to demand tips you just want to suggest it right and so and he just, and you, you hear him kind of teaching this guy the ropes on here's listen I've been out here for years here's how you do things and so throughout the movie you see you go back to him and he keeps like teaching people these little tricks like how he takes Wonder Woman back to his apartment teaches her how to stay cool by getting in the shower with all her clothes on and just staying wet yes you know and so like all these little tricks well I mean and it's it's so interesting because he is kind of the costumed guru mm-hmm. I mean he's the one that knows everything he knows all the tricks of the trade but he also has the most level head about it you know we see people who get mad because they've had to take five pictures in a row and nobody's tipped them yeah there was a whole thing and, with like i guess there was a Marilyn monroe who yeah. got stiffed and she was complaining to superman right and she was just so angry and he was like look it's their right not to tip you yeah it's not it's not a law they don't this have is, to tip yes it, this is not and she's like it's theft and he's like no this is not theft you're out here it's nice if they tip you but if they don't, and I mean, he has a really good mindset about it, and he understands, like, he understands when the, like, he understands that some days he's going to make a ton of money, and some days he's not going to make any money. Right. You know, and he makes it a long-term thing, and I'm sure some people are like, oh my gosh, I have to average this much per day, or else I'm screwed, like, I can't make rent, or whatever. Like, he at least understands that this is a, this is a long-term goal, which... It makes me question his desire to really act and get into movies. Yeah, and, and this is this is now his career, whereas some of these people, it's just their job. Well, and, and they take us back to his house, and like he's got Superman memorabilia oh everywhere. I mean, this guy is a Superman fanboy, and and he, I mean, he goes to um, oh, what is the name of the town? Metropolis. Metropolis. He Metropolis. goes to Metropolis, Indiana. Yeah, and and participates in a in a dress up contest, and the fact and he doesn't win. Yeah. And, and the guy who wins is terrible. He's like dressed as Batman, yes. but he's, he's not even, he doesn't even look good. And no, he's so fat and just, oh, over the top. And just like he, but anyway, like, so he's so, Christopher Dennis is so into being Superman and, and enveloping the whole like Superman identity as he's out there. Like, not, it, this doesn't just start and stop when he goes out to Sunset Boulevard like it does with Wonder Woman and the Hulk. Like, right. he, he lives this more than any, which I think that maybe that's why. He's the primary subject of the film, 
because more than any of the other three guys, th- this is his world. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, he's a very interesting character. He claims to be the son of a really well-known actress named Sandy Dennis. Uh, yeah. she, she was an, she both, she won an Oscar and a Tony. She was in a Jack Lemmon movie called The Out-of-Towners. Uh, yeah, that's so weird because they interview some of her family and her family was like, we didn't know she had a son. Yeah, this guy's... They're basically claiming that this guy's a crackpot. Yeah. And he's just coming out of the woodwork saying that she was his son. Or and, his mother. And he is saying, look, I was just always a bad kid, and so she hid me from everybody. And, you know, when I was 17, I just left home and was rebellious and got on crystal meth and all this stuff. And then on The her, crystal meth stuff, I believe. Yeah, and then I turn around, and on her deathbed, she told me, you need to act. Which is a very weird thing to tell somebody on their deathbed. It is, and I, I, I guess I mean that, that would be offensive to me as like an actual fam, family member. Yeah, if I was like, really, she took time out of like her final moments on Earth to breathe into you this vision that you would act like that's so yeah. pompous and fake, you know. And so, I on the one hand, I really I sympathized with Christopher Dennis, and I I liked him. As a, as a guy, especially when he was out in character, like you said, when he was sort of right. being the kind of shepherd to all the other people out on Sunset Boulevard. But in his normal life, he's he seems a little bit. I think out he's of delusional. Touch. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think he has created a world in his head, <clears throat> and and it it is truth to him, but it is not reality. Yeah, I don't think he's lying in the sense that he is intentionally misleading people. I think he is. I think he has misled himself. Yeah. I think he totally I, I, believes these stories. I honestly think maybe he did grow up in a group home. Maybe yeah. he did grow up uh, in foster care. And he thought his way of dealing with that is saying, well, my mother is Sandy Dennis. Yeah. Like, my mother is this, you know, famous actress. And you create a more interesting narrative for yourself, which totally explains yeah. why he would dress up as Superman every day. Right. And so, like, that's, I uh, mean, that's and, consistent. And every one of these characters says that he is a little bit, he he goes so far, like too far with the character. Yes. Like, there is, there is a very thin line where you're not exactly sure where Christopher begins, and, uh, Christopher ends and Superman begins. Yeah. Right, and so um, he's <clears throat> he's fascinating. I mean, and then on top of that, he's engaged to slash married to um, a, a PhD psychology student. That to me is the most fascinating thing of this whole story. Is that this this woman who has made her life's goal to learn about the human psyche is spending time with this guy who clearly. Is delusional. Yes, that's amazing. But but I think maybe she's attracted to that because of that. Maybe so. Like he he may be her case study. So you think maybe she's being Florence Nightingale here? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think yes. I think she she needs to save somebody. She got in this relationship to fix or change or save him, and then found herself in in the middle of it and doesn't really care to get out of it. Interesting. Like she, well, she don't. She totally plays. She humors him. I mean, oh, she goes yes. with him to Metropolis. She, you know, she she's way into which. I mean, to be a PhD in psychology and then to have your now husband, yeah, go out to Sunset Boulevard dressed as Superman every day to take pictures with tourists. That's an interesting juxtaposition to have in the home. Yeah, but it seems to work for them. They have. They seem to have a very good relationship. They do. All things considered, I mean, this guy like. 
I, I don't know how many people out there have um, that listen are, are married, um, and how many are guys. If I were to suggest to my wife when we were getting married, hey, honey, uh, I want to get married in in Metropolis, and instead of a tuxedo, I want to wear my Superman costume. Yes, she would not be married to me today. Like. That is not something that most women are like, oh, yeah, that's super cool. But here's the thing. I mean, that kind of thing, there there would be red flags leading up to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like he suggested that. It's not like he was an attorney. You know what I mean? And then one day it was like, you know what? I think it would be fun if I put on a Superman outfit and we went to Metropolis and we got married. But He's I mean, been dressing as Superman. He's only ever dressed as – he's never not dressed as Superman. That's, see, that's where I think <laughs> that Chris is – there, that line between Chris and Superman mm-hmm. doesn't exist because he can't even say I'm going to be Chris on my wedding day. Yeah, to get married. There's right, a, yeah. And which he could have totally played it up and been like, I will be Clark Kent and have a suit on with the Superman under, but he didn't. She he just went full on tights. And you know what? She could have suggested that to him true. as well. Like that could have been a compromise. Yeah. But, um, but no, that's not what you know, this actually. As we're talking about this, this, this reminds me of a movie starring Mel Gibson that came out about a year ago called The Beaver. Did you ever see that movie? No. It's really interesting. It's basically not to go way off, but it's it is connected in, in some way. It's it's fictional, but it's it's obviously because it's starring Mel Gibson. But it um it, it's about a guy who kind of it's about Jewish hate speech, right? And it's reality. No, <laughs> and it's not about Jewish hate speech. <laughs> it's about a guy who develops. Um, an inappropriate relationship with a hand puppet. Let me finish. <laughs> okay. Basically what happens is he, he he has a nervous breakdown, and the only way he knows how to cope with that is he pulls out this, like, child's puppet. It's a beaver. And he... I know. And... So many. Dude, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. And, and, but he basically begins communicating with the world through this hand puppet with, uh, like, a... a a, a Scottish accent. And so, <laughs> and it sounds ridiculous, but it's totally, it's very interesting because he's clearly crazy, yeah. but the only way he knows how to interact with the world is through this puppet. And that reminded me here of this guy, he only knows how to interact with the world while he's wearing his Superman right. outfit. It's like there's this disconnect. By the way, the movie, The Beaver, that I just described, it's actually a very good movie. It's mm-hmm. starring Jodie Foster, and uh, it's pretty good. All right. Anyway. That's a side road. So, any well, other I mean, thoughts? It's, yeah, it's a stretch for Mel Gibson to play a crazy person. I know. Well, it was like, funny. <laughs> that's just. I mean, I can't. That he must have had some good acting there. He, I, I think he really had to go to an unfamiliar place to pretend to be crazy. <laughs> to pretend to be crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so any uh, any other thoughts on Christopher Dennis or Superman or anything? Um. No. I mean. Well, I mean, I don't know that we talked about it all, but not. I mean, not. This guy's not just obsessed. Like. Every bit of his house is covered in Superman stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, we is, mentioned that. Like, he's he's a fanboy. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but I, I mean, I I think he is a fascinating character. Yeah, very much in so the, in the whole thing. And the only other guy, and quite frankly, if I went to Sunset Strip, I would seek him out and I would wait in line to take my picture with him. I would too. Absolutely. I don't know that I would want to take a picture with any of the other people. On here, except for Joe McQueen. I mean, I really do like Joe McQueen. Yeah, even though he's you, got the worst costume. Well, you wouldn't know it was him because he's wearing, true. he's wearing the head, the the mask. That's uh, true. I would I would go way out of my way to avoid Max Allen yes. as Batman because that dude is a psychopath. Okay, so we yes. we need All to right. talk about him. All right. Well, okay. Max Allen. 
plays Batman, and he is very full of himself. He likes to tell people about his dark past, which is kind of fitting for Batman. Well, except for Batman didn't talk about his dark past. But, um, like Batman deals with previous demons, I think Max Allen deals with a lot of demons. This guy, he reminds me a lot of, like, have you ever known someone who... Like tries to make them like he, they 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 tell you these stories and the more they tell you the story the more you're like this guy may be making all this up yes and this is the difference between Max Allen and Christopher Dennis I think Christopher Dennis is delusional I think Max Allen is a compulsive liar yes and I that there's a big difference between those two things and so yeah Max Allen plays Batman he goes around telling everybody that he has he used to like be an enforcer for the mafia yeah in and, Texas and we live in Texas yes and, we do and. You know, maybe there is some mafia here, but when I think of bad guys in Texas, I don't think of mafia. Like, I don't think of Italian mafia hanging out and having to, like, enforce things around here. Well, and and if you did, I mean, I mean even, even even if that were, even if he said he was from New Jersey, right. like, that's, the, the thing is, he's... He's not telling the truth. I mean, right. quite, quite frankly, because he keeps going, he keeps trying to drop hints like I've killed people. You know what I mean? Right. And, and then there's a guy, to his psychiatrist, and his psychiatrist is like, you know, there's no statute of limitation on murder, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the guy was like, you're you're basically confessing to murder here. There is no statute of limitation, and the fact that you're filming this and putting it on in a movie, like. This is evidence. Yeah. Dude. Like, he was trying all he could do to not, like, incriminate himself or not, I don't know, uh, break patient Dr. Confidentiality. Well, once he lets a camera come into the room, I think patient Dr. Confidentiality is over. That's true. And, but yeah, he keeps saying everything except I killed a guy. He keeps saying, like, well, I I had some disagreements and the guy's in the ground now and, you know, the guy's not around anymore. And so he's like, okay. So, but. Anyway, I, for, and even so far as his wife doesn't even believe that no. that's true. Like, she doesn't even think he's telling the truth when he talks about that. And he's clearly, I mean, he's clearly a tough guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's 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 got a temper. They show him, like, going to his, like, martial arts class. And- Have you ever seen Men in Black? Of course. Okay. You know the scene in the first Men in Black where the, the cockroaches come down and they, they eat Edgar? Yes. Okay. Like, that situation reminds me of their household. She reminds me of Egger's wife. Egger came in, uh, <laughs> not understanding a word from A to Z, wanting sugar water. And, like, I mean, she just, like, so deadpan and so just, yes. like, in her own world. And What a um, great comparison. Yes. yes. And so, and, like, he's kind of, I, I don't want to say that he is abusive, but he has some very dominant tendencies in that situation and in that movie Edgar was abusive towards this lady and that's true so it's just I mean this the whole thing I was like this is almost straight out of Men in Black like which <laughs> which is crazy because that whole film that whole movie although it's a good movie it's just a crazy concept well, it's about aliens and, yeah it's about aliens but yes I mean and this guy is talking about how he's black belt and judo and kung fu and jujitsu and I think he named one martial art that doesn't really exist. Yeah, like from Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what it was. I've never heard of it. But then it shows him at karate class and he can't turn the right way ever and he can't do the right thing and like 
he is having to be baby stepped through the like through the whole practice. Yeah, he's and, like a child. Yes, and I was like, really, if you were that good, you wouldn't need to be having this lady who's your teacher tell you each step along the way. Like, it's almost as though you've never taken a class in your life. Yeah, he's... There, there's something not right about And he does, at some point in the movie, get arrested. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, be, for being... Getting belligerent with a with, with a tourist yeah. who won't pay him, I guess, or doesn't pay him enough. Well, I mean, you see him on... You see him interacting with the people. Like, what the camera's caught, interacting with the people. You see Superman is like... Just to let you know, we work for tips. That's uh, that's all Superman ever says. Yeah, like he doesn't say we want tips or we we like tips or whatever. And Batman is like, we work for tips. You know, this isn't free. This is about tips. And I gotta tell you, having walked past that group of people in LA, you get more of that than you do the Superman stuff. Yeah. There, m- most people in that situation are not like super courteous and friendly. It's, right. it's usually like, if you don't pay me, we're gonna, I'm going to start screaming at you. There's going to be a problem. So that that to me, Max Allen is probably more nor- more typical of, yeah. of that group of people than than these other uh, folks that we're talking about. But yeah, he's he's, he's crazy. So um, just for the sake of time, we probably ought to keep, keep moving, unless, okay. unless you've got other stuff on. No, on I mean, Max I just Allen. think that that guy is... That guy's bad news. Yeah. He's kind of, I mean, he is, he's the bad crazy. If, if there is a difference between good crazy and bad crazy, Christopher Dennis might be good crazy. He's harmless crazy. He's friendly crazy. Yes. Max Allen is, he's probably going to hurt somebody someday. Yes. He's going to go off on somebody and the dude, I guess he likes guns. I mean, he went to a gun range and the guy behind the counter looked at him like he had no idea what he was talking about, but... I think um, a lot of that was him posturing. For yes. the, like I'm being filmed, so I'm going to go to a I'm going to go to a martial arts class. I'm going to go to a gun range. I'm going to do everything I can to convince this audience that I'm I'm awesome. And the other oh the other thing that, about Max Allen is okay. Superman's Superman's costume was perfect. Ah, like, yeah, it was. The the whole thing was done perfectly. Batman's costume some sometimes need a little work, like. They interview him, and he's got this jacked-up bat on the front of his costume, and it's uneven, and the head's uneven, and I'm like, dude, if this is going to be your job, make sure you get the design right. Yeah. You know? It's not even the real Batman. Like, it's not even the real, like, bat. And so, like, you can tell he cut it out himself, and he got it a little whomper jawed, and it's not there, and I'm like, come on, man. This is... This is you and who you are take some pride in that well if we're going to talk about bad costumes we should probably talk about the Hulk okay yeah the Hulk's costume is is horrible which I mean that's that's a tough costume I mean you can't just go out and look like the Hulk you know that's really hard right and but I will say man uh, of all the people I've I wish success on it is the Hulk Oh yeah, Joe McQueen. Yes, he was Joe. homeless for four years. Moved to L.A. during the Rodney King riot. Yes, he, he moves out to L.A. and oh, I get here. What's up, Rodney King riots just started, and so he's from North Carolina, I think. Something, something like, that. like that. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, I'm a country boy. I've survived in the you know hills," and so he heads literally for the Hollywood Hills and finds like woods and lives out there. That's amazing. Yeah. And he's, he's he's doing much better. And there was this really touching part where he goes back to this like little apartment complex where he used to sleep in the stairwell. Yeah, you know, and he kind of like reminisces about what it was like to live there. 
You know, and so like I just I really feel for the guy. And the and if you haven't seen the film, if this is a spoiler, he get, he ends up getting a pretty small act, acting job. But you know, it's it's work. It's yes. what he's trying to do. And so this guy, probably more than anybody else in the movie, except for maybe Jennifer Wagner, is uh, he's he's actually making progress. Yes. And and Jennifer Wagner also is too. And so let's again for the sake of time, let's let's move over to her uh, yeah. kind of quickly. Um, but she she's going to an acting coach. She's going to auditions. This girl, the, she is Wonder Woman only to the extent that it will pay Pay her her way so that she can become an actress. And she she has goals. And I looked her up on IMDb, and she actually has some pretty good credits. Well, good. Um, I mean, and and I think she's pretty legit. Like, um, there's weird... There's a weird scene about, like, her and her husband that she's, like, spontaneously married. And... Then they kind of break up, and that that's pretty sad. Yeah, you like, kind of feel for her. Yeah, like she ends up having to move in with her friend because her husband. And they, they even show like there's there's footage of her and her husband like fighting over what to eat for dinner yeah. or something. She's very, like, all I can make is ramen noodles. Well, you know, come on, it's not that hard to make other things than ramen noodles. But I'm not gonna fault you for that. I mean, and that's the least of the yeah, problems. No, I think that. They just realized, hey, we made this spontaneous decision to go to Vegas and get married, and we don't really know each other, and nor do we love each other. That's a shock because usually people who make that choice, yeah, that's it's a it's a lifetime kind of thing. It is it's, most it's most Vegas most spontaneous Vegas marriages last forever. It all it almost always ends up being just like that uh, Matthew Perry Selma Hayek movie, yeah, you know, or like um, you know Britney Spears marriage. Right, right. That happened all in seven hours. A lot of, um, yeah, a lot of great iconic love stories begin in Vegas. So so those are the four, the Superman, Wonder Woman, Hulk, and Batman. Those are the four kind of characters we follow around. Uh, A little bit of backstory on on the Wonder Woman character that I found interesting was she was from a small town in Tennessee. She's a pastor's daughter. Yeah. So um, I just had a daughter a couple of weeks ago. I'm a a pastor. And so... (laughs) What you got to do for it, too? If 20 years from now, if I have to go to L.A. and walk up and down the Sunset Strip to find my daughter dressed up as Wonder Woman, I'm going to question some of the choices I've made in the last 20 years. I thought it was really funny, though. I mean, I, I thought it was really interesting that... She wanted to find a Southern Baptist church, and the only Southern Baptist church she could find was this, you know, this nice little black church. And it was, I mean, it was really funny because she's like super at home, and she's like, I feel comfortable here. And yeah. her husband, we don't know much about him, but she's like, please don't do the crossword puzzle. <laughs> like, oh, that was so, know? yeah, that was so it's embarrassing so, for her. Yeah. Like, she wants, I mean, she's putting on a good face because her mom's sitting there. Her mom came out to see her from LA, and her mom's sitting right next to her. And, and granted, she may feel really comfortable there, like, and that—that's kind of her piece of home, right? And but that is not his piece of home at all. Like, you can tell he is so uncomfortable, and he is just like, "When will this be over?" You know what? At least he's yeah. going. At least he. Uh, is. Well, there's a lot of—I know a lot of women who go to church by themselves because their husbands just won't go. So that's true. At, at least he goes and brings the crossword puzzle with him. Yes. <laughs> That's that's progress. All right, well, let's do positives and negatives. T- tell me about the positives for you. Um, my my positive was that I was I was fascinated by each of these individuals in a different way. Um, they picked. I think they did a really good job of picking four unique characters out of. I mean, there's there's seventy characters, right? Yes. I mean, there's seventy people they could have chosen, and. 
I think they did a wonderful job of picking four really good ones. I, I'd be really fascinated to see some behind the scenes stuff and find out how they vetted everybody to get these get to these four. Because yeah. you're right. I mean, how do you even begin to filter through all the different characters who are dressed up? I mean, because if you want crazy, I'm sure there's a lot more crazy on that strip. Oh, totally. Well, you know? I mean, they show us like SpongeBob right. went berserk one time. Yeah, <laughs> Elmo. Elmo got it was arrested. Elmo, not SpongeBob. Yeah. It was Elmo. Elmo got arrested. Elmo and <laughs> Elmo, Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible. And the news kept calling him Captain Incredible. I'm sure Disney loved that. Well, I'm Pixar sure Pixar was probably like, "It's Mr. Incredible." Get no, it right. I'm sure Pixar was like, "Yeah, please just keep calling him Mr. Incredible or Captain, Captain Incredible. Incredible. Let's just not associate him with Pixar at all." <laughs> Uh, so so yeah, that was there, there's a lot of interesting characters, and um, you're right. And I love any any movie to me is made or broken by the characters it chooses to, to give us, and that's that was the strength of this, this film. This could have been a total dud if they picked the wrong people, right. and they they did a great job of, of choosing exactly who to be on camera. Uh, my my only negatives, and this is, I guess these are just like point deductions for this style of documentary. Is this is just let's talk about these people and then it just doesn't go anywhere right like there's no finality to it we don't there's not like a goal in mind or there's not a um there's not an end game i mean it's just well there is like getting getting work as actors okay getting work as actors and i guess only one of them gets well you know they some of them do get but life goes on after this Uh we don't really know a whole lot or where are they now or anything like that so it just kind of ends and it's just like okay well this is what we do kind of thing i don't know about because every every one of them ends in a different place where they than where they began hulk got an acting job uh wonder woman is is getting more auditions she's still going to the, the acting coach batman's working security on a movie set and superman got married you know i mean so there's I mean, yeah, there's, there's been progress. There is, there is, you do see some progress, but like, I mean, like, within these kind of movies, I think it's, it's really well done for what it is, but like, there's no emotional connection to these people, I guess. I mean, it's not something like, I get, I don't know, I, like last week when we watched, um, Catching Hell? Catching Hell. Or Cropsey. Like, was Cropsey? Oh, yeah, yeah, never mind. Last week was Cropsey. But when we watched Catching Hell, right? Like, I I mean, there was an emotional payoff there. There was a message there. There was something to be told on, like, please don't do that. Like, don't, you know, put your superstitions on individual people. Or, like, don't blame somebody else for problems that didn't really cause it. Things right. like that, right? Like, the interrupters had some really great messages of like you always have to you know you always have to try to see the good in people and stop bad things from happening no matter where like don't ever let something feel like it's too far gone right right? there's so many messages there's so many things that you can see and this was just like no here's here's four individuals and they are who they are. <laughs> like, but that's that's true yeah. to life. I yeah, mean, that's that's, true. That, that's the thing about a documentary is that sometimes a documentary is about a journey, but sometimes it's just about a, a group of people that maybe you would have never noticed before. Like to that's me, true. that was the thing with Darkon. You know, Darkon. Yeah. There, there, there's no real growth in Darkon. It's just like let's just spend some time examining. I just this thought Darkon was a little bit better storyline. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I thought there was a little bit more of a story there, um, and. But I, I, I that to say that I still like this. But oh man, I thought my, this was way better than Darkon. I just oh, I'm really? so fascinated with these people. If you can make, if you can like each one of these people, I found 
fully engaging for one reason or another. And the the, the sympathetic character to me was Hulk, was, was Joe McQueen. Yeah. He's he's been homeless, he's been he's been working so hard and he finally gets I mean, to me, that's that's the, the heart of this story. And I mean they spend more time with Superman because I mean he's endlessly fascinating yeah. but the emotional payoff is Hulk yeah. in my opinion and so, uh, so and, and so they, they give you a little bit of every different kind of experience or emotional turn and they, they make you I, I loved it I thought the character work here was as good as any scripted movie I've ever seen right I mean for what this is I really like it I'm just saying I can't rate it like I can't rate 9 10 range because I just don't think it it quite merits that but I really liked the movie so I mean so what, what my we, rating is going to be an eight, okay. which is still a really good rating. That's a great rating. But like I'm, I'm saying, like I can't put it in that same category that I put some of the other ones that I ranked higher. I'm giving it a nine and a half. Wow, I loved this movie. It flew by. I felt like I felt like one one of the greatest crimes a movie can commit is to bog down and to get really saggy in the middle. Which in a couple sure. of weeks we're going to talk about one that is more guilty of that than any I've ever seen. But. <laughs> Uh, but this one, it's lean. It moves. Anytime you start getting tired of one character, it jumps you to another one, and it keeps you sort of in. And I find I find these fringe elements of show business so fast. Like people, what is it? What does it feel like to be trying so hard to break into show business and just not being able to? And really, more than anything, the thing that makes this a universal thing is that this is, this is about people. Who who are trying so hard to become the thing that they want to become? Yeah, you know, and they and they just won't let go of that. I love I love the ambition of that, and so I, I feel for every one of these characters. I get pretty tired of Batman after a little while, yeah. but I think the filmmaker does too. I, I think I think that this is this is very reflective of the kind of person who thinks this way. Oh, I definitely think the filmmaker gets a little tired of Batman because he starts getting painted in not a great light. Yeah, the, the longer the movie goes on, the, the more annoyed the, the world becomes at, at, at Max yeah. Allen. Yeah. So that's that's good. So eight and, and a nine and a half, strong rating. I, can, yeah. I, I will fully endorse Confessions of a Superhero. Next week we're talking about uh, the movie Senna, Senna. Uh, yeah. uh, focused around uh, Formula One racing. Formula. So uh, tune in for that. You can go like us on Facebook. You can give us a rating on iTunes. We have a Tumblr feed. We have a uh, Twitter feed. Any way you can find us, we're out there. Yeah, Real Movies Podcast. Real Movies Podcast. So until we talk about Senna, John, I will see you next time. See you next time. But you got that special kind of sadness. You got that tragic sad of charm.